Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hello, Dustin. Hello, Timothy. Welcome back to uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, yes. I was in uh, in Paradise, Texas for a little while. Yeah, went down with the kids. Well, Thanksgiving yeah. holiday. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, it looks like tonight, when we weren't even sure there was going to be an episode tonight. Right. It, but it, that, it turns out there is. Uh, this is, of course, is on Apocalypse Now, where we talk about The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead and other such shows. Mm -hmm. And we are in the seventh season of mm. The Walking Dead. This is episode six. And this kind of has been continuing the trend for a savior episode and then uh, a separate part of the group non-savior right. story, right? So, right. Because um, we had uh, Carolyn Morgan. We had, well, I guess we had Daryl off by himself. Right. Um, and Maggie's, I don't know if that counts as a savior episode or a non-savior episode. Well, I mean, they're all they're all tied into the whole savior storyline, but right. I mean, it's like you've got the well, you've got Negan one, a, a Negan episode, and then a Negan's not in it episode, right? And, and back and forth and back and forth. I think what they're more more of what they're doing is they're setting up the chess pieces. Oh yeah, they're telling us who is who and where is where, so that when stuff starts going down, we have an idea of where everyone is and why they are there. And there is obviously a lot going to be going down. And it looks like, again, we get another preview at the end tonight, which kind of repeated what we saw last week, which is Negan giving his speech about who, what the saviors are supposed to be. Right, but that was, again, on the upcoming weeks of Walking Dead. That right. They, so they're, what they're doing now is, I think, they've caught on, the people have caught on. But that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. A Negan episode, a non-Negan episode. And so now they're doing this in the coming weeks, so we won't... So they can't do that anymore. They can still do more. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't know. I, I'm actually enjoying it maybe a little more now that I've realized it that that's what they're doing because we've got mm -hmm. basically it's like we've got uh, it's an A B storyline. Yeah. So it's A storyline, B storyline, A storyline, B storyline. Except they're doing it episode by episode, right? Which is kind of interesting because in most. <sighs> Uh, most most television storylines have an A storyline and a B storyline on dramas and, and things like that. Right? Yeah. So usually it's whatever the mean the through line if it's got a if it's a series and there's the secondary story with you know so and so's falling in love or yeah. so and so is running from the mob or whatever it is. Who got that baby? Exactly. You know who got where'd this baby come from? <laughs> Whose baby is this? You know that sort of thing. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, that's, uh, but here that's you know you've got the, the your A storyline is is Rick and Negan. Yes, that's your A storyline because of course Rick is the main character of the show. It is an ensemble cast, but Rick mm -hmm. is like in the comic the main character. Um, and of course the the Rick versus Negan storyline is of course going to be the big deal. Mm -hmm. But because it is an ensemble show, what they've been doing, which has been nice, has been giving on the other the second episode. It looks like the even episodes. Mm -hmm. um, they've been giving the secondary cast chance to have episodes of yeah, their own, focusing on you know one but, or two people. Well, really, this has kind of been a new tradition for a while. Like since since the introduction of the prison, mm -hmm. because remember we followed the main cast at the prison and Andrea and Michonne and the governor back mm -hmm. in season three, and then when everything went to hell. And everybody got it separated during the terminus time. Mm -hmm. We did it again, so this is not the first time that they've. No, done no, this. but this is this is, and of course, the rest of the season may not be like this now at all. Now that we've noticed a pattern, mm -hmm. but this seems to be an actual conscious thing to go. This episode, you know, one, three, five, seven right. are going to be Rick episodes. And I just, Ow! sorry, Dustin just hit me. I just realized he hits me all the time. I just, you just don't know. Realized why we had that sense of dread all episode long. 
because the show inspires a sense of dread. But because no one can be happy and have nice things. But because the, the world is a dark and terrible place. It followed, I feel, a very similar like pattern <laughs> to the Denise episode where she died at the end. It wrote, it mirrored that episode in a lot of ways for me. Yeah. Well, so this episode is is Tara's, Tara's episode. And you and I were watching this with this sense of dread that something was going to happen to her. Awful. And Awful, it, horrible. I kept waiting for the one of the women just to kill her. Yeah. I mean... Straight out, flat out. And... Or for, like, near the end, I, I almost expected Heath to pop out and shoot that poor girl in the head. Yeah, I mean, or, it's... Or, you know... It had all the settings for not only just a tragic moment, but also a... A terror bookend, and I hate it's a, it's a weird mm -hmm. thing to say, but you know, Denise and then Tara, and just you know, and yeah, and, and now and neither one of them will ever know that the other one died, yeah, or, it's you it's, know, no one will ever know whatever happened to Tara, she just vanishes, right? And, and yeah. yeah, it just felt like that, uh, all episode long, yeah. So, so yes, we start off basically with Tara and Heath, uh, in the RV. Yes, because if you'll remember, 100 years ago... Uh, they, Two weeks ago, according to the, the show's yes, internal timeline. They went off on a scavenging run uh, to just see what they could find. And After is, they helped with the satellite, kill the satellite people, of the satellite saviors. Right. And they have had a terrible time mm -hmm. finding anything in the two weeks they have been out, despite the fact that when Tara is walking back down roads... And comes across little towns with gift shops. She manages to find things in the gift shop. Now, admittedly, she just found we just saw glasses and a bobblehead. But but see, no, not only that, but they say, "Oh, we've been having this terrible time," and then they yeah. come across this place where it looks like people have tried to like make a little village on a bridge, and there are really nice tents set up, and mm -hmm. there are these big tarps set up all over the place. And me, me thinking is like, hey. Let's get some tarps and some mm -hmm. tents out of this because looks like we got some. Oh yeah, you're sitting over here going, "This is not right. This is not what we're supposed to do." And uh, for those of you who follow Dustin's tweets, and you should, uh, he tweets about tweets about the show when it's on. And sometimes, basically, you know, Tara and Heath are the worst scavengers in the world because there's all this worthwhile, important, valuable stuff. There's tents there. There's that tarp. These are things that are in really good shape. You mm. should take those with you. Yeah. Those are valuable. At, at least there's going to be like, there might still be water bottles floating mm -hmm. around in that place. Like, that's all good stuff. They're just looking for food and medicine. Right. So, this is a, they're really not looking for, there's a, uh, did you ever see the movie, the Bill Pullman movie, The Zero Effect? Mm, I probably uh, have. Ben Stiller's in it. Next to the, uh, Bill Pullman plays this. Sort of a Sherlock Holmes, yeah. a modern Sherlock Holmes. Lisa said this great line about um, looking for things. Yeah. And he says, the secret to, to look, finding things is to go in looking for anything. The money's on the dresser chocolate. That's a line from that movie. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I yeah, use yeah. that line <laughs> on a minor amount of time. Like, occasionally <laughs> this pops into my, my brain. I've probably said it to you at least Oh, uh, Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the basic thing is that if you go in looking for something specific, if you're looking for one specific thing, the odds of you finding it are very, very small because the world is a very big place mm -hmm. and you're looking for one thing. But if you're looking for anything, odds are good you're going to find yeah. something right. because you're looking for anything. And that's what it when, when you're scavenging and you're thinking about survival, You're yes, you're looking for guns and ammo and medicine and all those things, but... That tarp, I mean, you could haul things with that tarp. You could, you know, disguise, patch, cover things. You could patch a roof. Yeah. You know, think about all the people, like, Sarah doesn't know that the saviors have kind of come and taken over. Think about, like, people going off on runs that could have used that tent. Mm hmm Or, you know, this is, this is Dustin and Tim talk about Tim's and tarps for an hour. <laughs> um, Which is, yeah, well, I mean... I was a Boy Scout. Okay, I know there's survival stuff that you learn. It's just basic survival mm -hmm. stuff. I think most people know a certain amount of just... Dishonorably discharged from the Boy Scouts. I'll just leave your imaginations open. I can think of a couple happened. of reasons why that could happen. Uh, but 
you know, still there's, you know, and I th you know, if, even if you just watch popular entertainment, you have a you know vague idea what you need to do to survive. Most of it is wrong mm -hmm. for popular entertainment, but yeah. So it was just really obvious at this particular point that these two are terrible at this job, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, which is weird because both characters are actually supposed to be really good at the job right. of, of scavenging. Anyway. Um, they bypass all this valuable stuff. Now, admittedly, they are trying to investigate and see what's going on, yeah. but they don't even look at this stuff. So they get to this place where there is a big dump truck is poured out all the sand, mm -hmm. and Tara finds like a cloth or something. It looks like a backpack or something, or it looks, or it looks like there's a, a, yeah, it could be a bundle or a bag or something, and she starts tugging on it. Yeah, and, and Heath is like, well, wait a second, and she's like, no, no, those will be fine. And she pulls, and it creates a little avalanche, and underneath all the sand are like 15 walkers. Yeah, because Heath has just realized that there's spent shells mm -hmm. in with the sand. Now, the question I have is, where are the guns from these spent shells? Did I people, think we did know. the people live? Did they run away? Is this, did the, did the, did the, uh, the settlement that we're going to get to in a little bit, did they find the guns? Did the saviors come? There's, I mean, you know, there's no real... All this, again, all this stuff is sitting there, useful stuff is sitting there on the bridge. It's, it's still there, but where are the people and the guns? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, the, the, the walkers... There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, the walkers all pop out, and Tara and, and Heath get separated, um, and for a moment, it looks like Heath just leaves her... But later in the episode, you find out that he actually tried to save her, and they tried to save each other, but she got knocked off the bridge, and then he left her because he thought she's been knocked off a bridge. Right. With, like, <laughs> walkers are on, on her. Yeah. So she wakes up. No, she doesn't wake up. We uh, we find ourselves on a beach, and for a moment, it looks like, you know, Walking Dead Bahamas, mm. which I had this terrible fear for the briefest of seconds that one of the Fear of the Walking Dead cast was going to show up, and it'd be like, <laughs> no! Hey guys, my name is Chris. Ah! I'm here to be annoying. Oh uh, no, he's dead. Dead. Chris is dead. dead. Chris is dead. 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 Did I uh, mention Chris is dead? Because Chris very is dead. happy. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, he but never work again. But so it's not. In fact, uh, it's uh, a very eager little girl and an older young lady. Yes. Who are are scavenging the beach. And they're killing walkers as they come up to it. And the little girl wants sees Tara and, and is about to stab her in the face. And and the girl, her name is Chrissy, comes up. Christy comes up and says, no, wait, she's alive. And the little girl's like, so we're supposed to do it anyway. And uh, and and Christy stops her. And and then when Tara wakes up, finally, Christy has been coming. Been Cindy. Her name is Cindy. Cindy, yes. I'm sorry. Just ignore all that in your brain holes. Um, has been leaving her food and like a cold bottle of water, um, a wrapped fish, uh, a spear. And Tara wakes up. Actually, Tara has been uh, playing possum here for a little while. Yeah. So as soon as, as Cindy gets out of the, out of range, out of sight, uh, where Tara's not obviously visible, Tara's eyes like pop open. Yeah. And so, so when Cindy leaves, Tara's like. Hmm, where is she going? And she follows her deep into the woods. And then she she stumbles across a B-movie plot. <laughs> the village of the ladies in the zombie apocalypse. Yes. And it's just one of those things like, oh, it's too bad that, that Tara didn't know that her lady was dead. Because the village of the ladies in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. This is like an asylum picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, there was a lot more clothes on. Yes. Uh, here. So, yes, it is a it is a women of older, younger, middle-aged women, some children. Some little children. And it's very well organized. And what it looks like, it's just a, it's like a campground or something? Or, yeah, or maybe a, like a, you know, yeah, like a summer camp mm -hmm. or something like that that they've taken over. And made their own. And uh, then they noticed Tara. And the shooting ensues. And and she gets away from one and doesn't kill her. Like, knocks her down. And, it's about to, and she's like, do it! And, and Tara's like, no. And, like, yeah, she clocks, knocks her. She clocks her with the, the, the butt of a rifle. And 
I would just like to point out again um, that we should point out regularly that when getting clocked in the face with the butt of a rifle, usually that's kind of like fatal. You don't really actually get to well, hit someone like that and they recover well. Yeah, well, your skull is a lot stronger than people think. So to not to hit somebody with enough force to mm -hmm. knock them unconscious can be fatal. Now, also because of our resilient our resilient skull, um, when you are knocked unconscious, you are not usually knocked unconscious for a long period of time. If you're knocked unconscious for more than say a minute, two minutes, then that's when bad that means something bad has happened to you. So, but it is a grand tradition in fiction. It's been happening since the 1940s. And prior detectives getting clocked on the head with the butt of a revolver. Yeah. And then they wake up an hour later. Casper Goodman is leaning over them, going, "I was wondering when you would wake up." And yeah, but anyway, and then you're Humphrey uh, Bogart. Uh, uh, <laughs> <ring. laughs> can't, can't wake up because I've got I've got a concussion, a concussion <laughs> and an internal cranial bleeding, baby. Something that you generally don't see a lot in film noir <laughs> movies. But, hey. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Um, this is a short-lived escape. Yes. Uh, because, because all the women show up. Yes. And I love Tara's whole thing. It's like, okay, so I can just go. <laughs> and then they just stand there. And she's like, or I can stay. <laughs> and then nobody does anything. And she's like, or we can keep just doing this. Because <laughs> she is surrounded by women with a lot of guns. And before she before she was discovered, she did see in some sort of barn that they have every gun. That yes. they have every gun. So for those of you who are thinking that the uh, saviors were the best armed group out there, no. this may be questionable because no, these women these, are these ladies have every well gun. armed. So they chain her to a radiator, and they ask her a bunch of questions, and then, like a woman, they invite her to dinner and serve her stew. So yes, they take her, and they you got her chained up in this room, and they're like, so do you want to go to the bathroom before we talk? And she's like, uh, no, I'm good. Thanks, though. And she tells them a story that she said she was on... They ask her who, where she's from, and she lies. She basically says that she and Heath doesn't name Heath. She says yeah. that the two of them have came from Atlanta, and they've been together for the last two years, which again gives another another moment where the Walking Dead is pinning down the time. Yes, and in vague terms, nonetheless. But uh, then she claims that she worked on a fishing boat, and one of the women lists off a bunch. She goes, "Yeah, the last one." And <laughs> it's funny. The last one is larder, by yes. the way, uh, which of course will come back to haunt her because a larder is in fact a closet you keep food in, as opposed to a fishing boat. Yes. But so then they go away, and then they lead her. You see them leading her through the woods, and they lead her to this house or this cabin or it's a house, and it's dinner time, mm -hmm. and all the women gather around and. Two of the actresses looked really familiar to both yeah. of us. And at some point, some listing will show up and we'll find out who the actresses are. Maybe I'll include it in the post. But they looked really familiar. I've seen them before. Um, you know, just probably just character actresses yeah. who do, go out and do the job. But they have dinner and it's fish because they're That's down. What they got. That's what they got. And they basically say, look, here's the deal. You know, we are here. We don't want anyone to find us. So your choices are to stay. She's like, well, I really don't. I, I don't want to stay. Yeah, she's like, no, I've got to get back to my community. No, and then finally, like, when they call her out, she finally is like, look, yes, I'm in this community. I'm part of this community. We're really great. We just took out this bunch of guys who are bad guys. And and when she mentions the satellite, all the women kind of look at each other. Mm -hmm. And that was another one of those ding, 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 ding moments where it was like, uh oh. Now you said that you were thinking that these might be the women. That... The women, the like, because they killed a bunch of men at the Savior's compound. Right. There were some women there, but but most they, of them were men. Yeah, I was. I had this this feeling that maybe it was the women who were those men's wives and girlfriends and mothers and sisters and all that stuff who, when their 
husbands got killed decided to take the opportunity to escape the saviors because as we've discussed right. before this is not exactly a place that everybody even people who are under negan's thumb there are still under his thumb they don't actually like it there right but that's not true that's not the case no and i i didn't think it was but i couldn't actually say we, why. we were we were having a minute we were, we were both having like that that when all those women looked at each other mm -hmm. it meant something to them right and but i i didn't i didn't have a good justification for why i didn't think that was the case i just for whatever reason it just didn't feel like that was the answer yeah turned out it wasn't yes because it was well it was too peaceful these women were much too peaceful to be yeah maybe that, maybe that was it but so they're like, okay, yeah, sure, okay, well, yeah, you can go back. We'll take you back. We'll one of our people will go with you, and we'll have this meeting with your people, and we'll see how things go. And Cindy's like, I want to go. And Cindy's grandmother, who's the, who's the lady in charge of the whole thing, says, no, I don't think so. Uh, first of all, you shouldn't have done what you did to even have Tara be alive at this point. So that's like a no-no. And secondly, mm -hmm. you didn't sign out. You didn't fill in the log saying you're going out in the woods or whatever. And that's those are the rules. So you're grounded, essentially. Mm -hmm. you, you know, go to your room. And and I don't want you out there in case things don't things go wrong. And so our two character actresses who look really familiar, who can't place their names on. They take her. They take her. And about halfway to the bridge, Tara they come across a walker. And Tara has this moment where she's like, they're not taking me to the bridge. They're going to kill me right here. Right. And so she makes an escape. But she says, I'll get it. She yeah, zips around the tree and pulls out a knife. And then the ladies start shooting. And then there's a very, like, you know, first blood kind of moment. They're chasing her through the, the trees. And she's trying to get away. And she fights that one character actress again, the one she clocked before. Mm -hmm. And then she tells her that they had come across there's nowhere for Tara to go back to because if they tried to fight the saviors they came and killed all of her people right because and that's what happened to the to the women yes their mm -hmm. their group was the saviors came across their group and when they told them no and tried to fight back they killed every man and boy over the age of 10 which is of all the things we've seen the saviors do so far we have not actually seen them be that brutal. Yeah. Which is... <clears throat> okay, so there is something to be said, narratively, for someone to tell you this horrible thing happened, killing children, mm -hmm. uh, and you not see it, right? And, it's, and, that's, and that works, right? But at the same time, we've all we've already established that we you know, we had those those two brutal beating deaths at the season open. With, yeah, the characters that we cared about, Glenn obviously being, of course, one everyone cares about. But there are people who cared about Abe. We yeah. like I mean, Abe. Yeah, Abe was fine. Abe was Every, fine yeah. Right? Fine, whatever. So, and we've certainly seen that the the Walking Dead is willing to kill small girls. Yes. Once, you know, if you're again, you know, if you are a female girl child yeah. in the world of the Walking Dead, you're die. You're going to die. Yes. The fact that the fact that uh, Judith is still alive uh, right. is amazing because she's a tiny girl child. Well, and, and I think that I think that there's this this like golden aura of protection around Judith. She's uh, she's <laughs> one of she's one of Voldemort's Horcruxes. <laughs> and uh, so she has this magical aura of protection. This could be it. Because she will disappear for swaths of time. Yeah. No Nobody one... watches the child. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, this was pretty brutal for them to, to say, like... And, not, and for us to not see it. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It feels weird. I, there's something about it. But... I don't doubt it. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt, doubt it either. the truth of it. But it also seems like the kind of thing that... I don't know. It's no, I get no, but I understand what you're saying. But I think I don't think that it's a uh, it's out of character. No, no, for it's, the not, it's not out of character. It's not out of character for the saviors. It's just weird that the, you know, the Walking Dead would be more than happy to show us, you know, small girls getting killed. But mm -hmm. we hear well, we've talked about this. A, a, a female child, a, a girl, a young girl mm -hmm. represents innocence in a way that a young boy does not. Yeah, but if you have a twelve year old boy, yeah. And you and the, you see a character shoot and kill the twelve year old boy, and we're not even talking a twelve year old Walker. We're talking a twelve year old live boy. Mm -hmm. You know that's I mean, there's a that's that's 
we we talk verbal you know visual shorthand is the thing that all shows do mm-hmm. right and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and some shows are really sloppy with it but there's something if you ever want to establish you know just how awful somebody is you have them kill a kid mm-hmm. or you see their you know their actions cause a child to die and i don't know it's it, it's it's they're, the Walking Dead will sometimes dance up to the edge of something and pull back. Mm-hmm. And then in another situation, will not pull back at all. And Well, I remember mm-hmm. the, like, the, the, one of the main things that has become a point of conversation in media that talks about media, mm-hmm. um, especially concerning the show, is that they can show horrific acts of violence. Horrific. Mm-hmm. But they can't say shit oh yeah well actually the walking dead you can say that but you can't say well f-bombs yeah you you know and and we've all seen we've all seen the extra clip that they showed at the end of what two two seasons ago where Mm -hmm. where the terminus the terminus and they're messing with the wrong people and of course rick really says they're fucking with the wrong people right I get to beat myself out. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's uh and the Negan is supposed to be extremely foul mouth. Well, yes, and and, and, and we have seen a, a a young boy get killed. We when the mm-hmm. when the zombies attacked Alexandria and Rick's girlfriend and her yeah. kid. I mean, so we've seen it, but it's just you know it's a it's a level of brutality and just mass murder that we haven't seen from the Sabers. Right. Not saying not saying that they can't do that and it fits the character. It's just. It stood out as weird yeah. for me. Anyway, so anyway, long talk for a, the, a small. Point. Then she says that these the women were supposed to the saviors wanted the women to keep working for them. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They were going to have to pay off their debt to the saviors. And one night they just like picked up and left. They just left their community, left everything behind. They found this place on a fluke, and they don't want anyone to find them. They that's why they kill anyone who comes near them on sight. Right. Doesn't matter if they're they could be a perfectly nice, wonderful person. They're dead. Because right. they, they're just protecting their own. And they've actually got a pretty good set of... Barriers. Barriers. And, and, and they've got a, uh, almost an alarm system. Mm-hmm. And they've got a way of... They've got uh, bells that they will ring off in the distance that they're trying right. to draw walkers away well, from them. And I mean, because like they've, the, they've got the cove. They're out on the cove. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a peninsula. Uh, they have the bridge that is blocked and it's mm-hmm. got walkers on it. Um and it looks like it's been destroyed. A like mm-hmm. destroyed community. That might have even been that. Who knows? I'm I'm, I'm headcanoning now, so I'm not going to stop there. <laughs> and then they've got their little alarm system, and then they've got the kill anyone who comes up on site mm-hmm. law. So they've got some things to keep them protected. Plus, they have every gun, all the guns, literally every gun, and they know how to use them. Yes. Apparently, uh, because we've established that Cindy has killed some uh, total stranger. Yes, because she's a really good shot. And she's trying to keep the youngest girl, who is a little sociopath, um, from actually having to, m- to murder somebody. Because she's too young to actually grasp what that means. Mm-hmm. She's old enough to do it and too young to c- comprehend what that really means. Right. Uh, so, anywho, um, Tara escapes again with the help of Cindy. Mm-hmm. They get to the bridge and... No, no, no. Cindy sits there and says, before they get to the bridge... I thought like, I was at the bridge. No, she says, you have to promise oh, right. that you will... You will not, not tell anybody. Tell anybody. Oh, right. You have to swear. Okay, and you and I watched this, and we both kind of sat there and went, you know, this episode's really, really good, except for mm-hmm. the moments when it's not. Right. And I don't care. It's only been two years. This young lady is not so young that she does not comprehend that the world is full of people who are going to lie. Right. And she doesn't believe that people are all evil and that, you know, mm-hmm. people are just people. And Tara looks at her and goes, no, they're evil people. Yeah, because she's been in the, she was in the governor's army. She, yeah. And, well, she, so she's dealt with the governor. She's dealt with Terminus. Mm-hmm. She's dealt with the saviors. Sort of. She doesn't understand the extent of the saviors. Right. But, because they made their, their hit, thought they were successful, mm-hmm. and she went on that run. So she hasn't seen any of the stuff that's happened since. Even so, she understands that there are people who are just bad. And unfortunately, the post-apocalypse world seems to have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Sydney makes her swear, and Tara swears. Mm-hmm. And that, was this the point where she was like, why did, you know... People think you have to do like there are things you have to do. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really like that. Like, you have to do, you have to kill anyone who comes near you. You have to, you have to kill people that are going to, may pose a danger to you. You have to do all these things to survive. And then she's like, but you don't. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's the argument that you and I have been making for a long, long time that every time the show brings up some piece of hope and humanity, mm -hmm. it gets crushed again and this was and this is one of those like i said we've said earlier there are moments in this episode where you're watching it and you're like something horrible mm -hmm. is happening and this girl talking about hope was one of those oh like, yeah you just you just expect the sound of a gunshot and like her chest blows open mm -hmm. and her head blows open or you know something awful <laughs> because she's spontaneously combusts <laughs> a, a stealth zombie just like flies out of the air and attacks her you know the parachuting zombies come in yeah. i know what it, you know zombies you were around. i know every moment oh. that this episode involved me going oh god no don't because she's, here's this here's this pretty young idealistic you know hopeful uh, reasonable human being and it's like, well, let's see. How, and not only that, Tara is the same oh, way. Yeah. Like, but then you start going, what's the track record for The Walking Dead? Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah, they're screwed. You know. Pretty young, idealistic, willing to fight for what she believes in. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's Beth all over again. <laughs> exactly. I got, you, I got you on my shelf, Beth. <laughs> I, I only, I've only bought two Walking Dead action figures. One is Beth and one is Gavin. I bought them for totally different reasons. And you can keep your mouth <laughs> shut. I didn't say a word. I was just thinking really loud. <laughs> so they get back to the bridge, and um, Cindy is armed. Mm -hmm. She's got the rifle, and she, like I said, it's a really good shot. She's going to provide covering fire. Yes. For uh, Tara to get across the bridge, and she does, and she does, and tell the tell the bullets right out. Right. But it's enough. Uh, Tara's been hopping on cars, and she makes it over, and she's stabbing, she's stabbing, she's stab, stab. Lots of walkers getting stabbed and hit, um, which shouldn't really do anything because that's not destroying the brain. But whatever. Yeah. Well, knocking them away. Yeah. We've established that if you knock a walker away, it'll like stumble back towards you, but this is fine. And then we get our little flashback to the beginning of the episode where it kind of looks like uh, Heath is getting bitten on. Too. Yeah. Tara goes over the bridge with the walkers uh, coming after her and basically on her. Same thing with, with him in the background. You know, he, and she's like, you know, I'm coming for you. And he's We're like, I know. Together. Yeah, he goes, I know, I, I know. know. And then she falls off the bridge and he's still surrounded. So she sees a walker with dreadlocks and goes around the car to see if it's him and it's not some lady. And so then she kind of heads off and we, we get a little glimpse of Cindy being hauled away by her lady warrior cohort. Who are not going to be fond of her plan they're not going to be pleased with her mm -hmm. but i don't think it's the last we've seen of these oh, no, characters not, no, because these are the women with all the guns yes and a and a score to settle with the saviors and you know so basically they look like the calvary right you know and uh well, yeah like i said this is we're setting up our chess pieces oh yeah so tara finds that heath is gone mm -hmm. and he's taken the car and left mm-hmm and she says, I guess that was you, or something like that. And we kind of looked at each other and went, huh? And then she picks up this card lying on the ground, PPP. Mm -hmm. And we went, huh? Is that supposed to mean something? And if I can, if I can find out some reference to this, I'll, I'll put it in the, in the written part of the, of the yeah. post. But I have no idea what this means. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here completely. Yeah, me too. If it's a reference to something before, I, I'm afraid I don't understand it. Enid's thing was JSS. Right. So that's not... That doesn't help me. Yeah, so... So she starts walking back. And again, this to show you just how terrible of a scavenger she is, <laughs> she comes across a souvenir shop and spends the night, and there's sunglasses in there, and there's all sorts of stuff. Looks like there's clothes on clothing racks mm -hmm. and stuff, and all she takes is a pair of sunglasses and a doctor bobblehead for poor dead Denise. And well, here's... Distance... Distance. Let's yeah, bring up distance again. Yeah, they two drove two weeks. weeks. No, maybe, maybe, of course, this is The Walking Dead. It's and entirely possible said, they drove Heath in a circle. Said, well, and he did say that they had gone out farther than they were supposed to go. Oh, yes. So how far away is she? Who knows? Who cares? All the distance away. Uh, two weeks away uh, by car, or obviously not two weeks. Obviously not two weeks by car, because that would put them in Canada. 
Yes, because she and she <clears throat> walked back in a day and a night. Yeah. So or two days and one night because she she stopped for the night. So no more than twenty miles. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, 20, 20, 30 miles on the outside if she walked all through the night and, and slept for like four hours. Well, there was a moment where Cindy had a map, and she was looking at a map. Yes, let's discuss the maps for a second. We shot two maps tonight, both of which were on screen long enough for the audience to go, Hey, that's a map! Oh, it's gone. Because yeah. you cannot... The, they don't want you to know where things are in the Walking Dead world, because then you'd realize... None of this makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> yes. Some things are never going to change. The Walking Dead's problems with time and distance are going to continue to be... Fun. We're just, we're oh. just done with it being annoying. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's joking. It's humor so, now. So she walks back to uh, Alexandria with sunglasses on, the spear over her shoulder. and Bobblehead like, in her bag she's going to give to her feeling, girlfriend. Feeling good. She's had an adventure. Maybe he said, maybe he's not. Who cares? Tara's awesome. That's right. So she gets there, but she's met with by Eugene. And Eugene just about bursts into tears at the side of her. And that she sees that and she just knows. Mm-hmm. And I think, I would imagine at the moment She's looking at him, and she, her first thought is Denise, because she's not even going to think about the others. Yet. Yeah, and um, and then it was just probably uh, an avalanche. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so we see her next uh, sitting on the floor, you know, just, in in the infirmary. Yeah, and looking Ro- at the bobblehead that yeah. she brought back, and Rosita is saying like. This doesn't have to end this way. We have to fight back. We have to fight back. You know, you didn't see any guns, anything out there. And for a moment, it looks like Tara might be breaking her little promise to Cindy. Yeah. But then she says, no. No, I didn't see anything like that. And Rosita's like, we can't we can't let this stay this way. And Tara's like, well, we're not going to. Mm-hmm. In terms of anticlimactic endings, it's not a big dramatic ending, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an emotional ending that plays really well. Uh, it ends the episode and this story in a way that works. This episode was written pretty well. The performances were all really good. Mm-hmm. I was actually, you know, I'm liking this sort of quieter theme introspective right and you look at the world in a way that's not just run kill run kill um but at the same time you pointed out that episodes like this tend to get a response from people that basically is you know, oh why wasn't there why didn't anybody get shot in the face and and how come there weren't any zombies and why do we have to spend an entire episode with somebody talking to some other lady about something that happened to her back when the thing happened why couldn't we just have them running around? This is so boring, and now I just don't understand it. Blah, 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 blah. And I just, I, I don't, you know these are the same people that sat through every episode of Mad Men where it was basically three guys in suits sitting around a table with scotch. <laughs> Nothing happening. It's, I think the good news is, is that most Walking Dead fans uh, who have stuck it out this long are aware that every now and again we have an episode where people... And they understand the build. They understand that, yes, we are going to have five or six episodes where everybody's walking down train tracks to get to Terminus. Mm -hmm. But then when that happens, there's going to be stuff happening. Well, I mean, there certainly was action tonight, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had plenty of zombies getting killed. We had terror running through the woods. We had a town full of very heavily armed women. Mm -hmm. And... The Forest Ladies of the Zombie Apocalypse. I'm going to come up with the B-movie name for this episode. Uh, Wouldn't this be Amazons of the... What were they all doing? Like, it showed them a couple of times, like, everybody sitting around benches with benches, like, benches with with hammers. What were they doing? Were they making those little spirit pouches that you made at summer camp? (laughs) I'm pretty sure they were probably making the next line of weaponry they're about to roll out possibly it's going to be a tank or uh, air, airplanes or <laughs> they're, they're a machine gun <laughs> no. 
Well, I, like I said, I, I fully expect these ladies to come riding in. Uh, well, okay, you know what? At, so, at some point, Tara's going to come back. Yes. And it's going to be the thing where she's going to be, you know, this is what has to happen. She's going to go there and she's going to say, I didn't tell anybody, but you have to help. This is the time. Strike mm-hmm. back. And then it's going to be. Rick. No, how dare you come back? And... Well, I know, but it'll, yeah, but there'll be the big fight, and and Brick will be like one on one with Negan, but everyone, but they're losing, and the two of them are fighting to the death, and he's looking around, and he realizes that his the forces are failing, and then over the hill, just gonna ride, <laughs> and it'll be like machine guns blaze, and everyone's gonna look and be like the Amazon beachcombers <laughs> of the zombie apocalypse. They, you know, I'll figure it out. But yes, exactly, that's what it's gonna. <laughs> and be. I actually, I want that scene because, because <laughs> like, what's gonna happen is they're gonna come in and go. Remember our, the men and the children, of ours that you killed. We're going to take you apart joint by bloody joint. Because, okay, right now we have, as our communities are setting up, mm-hmm. we have Alexandria, mm-hmm. who has, you know, who is already, like, again, I saying, I almost don't think it's going to be Rick. I have this weird feeling, like, it's the ladies are really starting to, this, and this is another one, the ladies are setting up the chess pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they because, are. Because Rick is still too cowed. So we got Alexandria, but then we've got the kingdom, and we've got King, Carol and Morgan at the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Carol, Morgan knows that they're doing business with the saviors. Right. And Carol is going to be there. They're going to be a very big influence on what's going to happen. Then we have the hilltop where we have Sashi, Maggie, and Enid, and that weird mushmouth Gregory, Wesley, what was his Gregory. name? Gregory. So, Gregory the Terrible. Yeah. And Maggie is going to start becoming the voice behind the throne there because Gregory is awful. Yeah. And so they're they're going to start pulling strings in that situation. And then now we have this Bay Area bombardiers, (laughs) whatever, like hanging out. Be careful what you say. They're heavily armed. Yes. And they are not afraid to use them. And Tara is going to be the one to go back and get them together. Yeah. Not only that, but it, at Alexandria, Rosita has already started with the let's, let's start making those mm-hmm. bullets you were talking about. Right. So I have a feeling that this is going to be a very interesting season, even though everybody is complaining about all these different story tangents. Well, and I think what's interesting is that we've seen this before. One thing that Oh, and and the show did a very poor job with it with Lori. Mm-hmm. But we have seen women as strong, driven characters mm-hmm. who are leaders, uh, whether they think of themselves as leaders or not. Right. Uh, for probably a good chunk of the show, and mm-hmm. you know, well, starting in season two, uh, and and Lo- it wasn't it wasn't uh, Lori's fault as much as it was how they were writing. Lori. Yes, Lori and Andrea fa- were were failures of, as characters, right? Not with any fault of the actresses involved. Sarah Kayleys and I I will not I cannot I cannot think of a thing I could possibly blame on Lori Holden. Ever, I've never ever seen anything where she has been in it oh, no. that I have not been one hundred percent on board, except for her Andrea. <laughs> well, and 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 Sarah Kaylee, Sarah Kaylee, I think that's right. She was on Prison Break. She was forever. on Prison Break. She's on um, the science fiction show that the uh, Colony or the Colony, yeah. yeah, and she's great in that. It's just it's the writing, yeah. And the show has gotten better when you have folks. Uh, well, actually, it's the last. Three seasons. Well, it was been... there was that huge shakeup after Darabon left, where that one guy did the end of season two mm-hmm. and then season the beginning of season three, and he was awful. One, um, well, once we got past, and they the brought governor. in Gail and Heard, right? And they brought in uh, for, uh, not Frank Darabon, he did, he left, uh, but Scott Gimple mm-hmm. and the, those guys that came in and basically were like, and they brought, made Robert Kurtman, you know, come in for flying his kite. And tell him what actually was going on in his damn comic book. Uh, you know. Well, and, and you basically went from characters that were sort of... It is an ensemble show. So you can't spend all the time with a lot of these characters. Because you have... It's just not how it works. You have to break it up in the way that they ultimately ended up doing. Where you had Carol having the screen time that mm-hmm. she got. And the development that she got. And, you know, Which, Maggie and Sasha. Yeah. And... and you know, the episodes like this where, where Tara actually has time. Yeah. And be, the funny thing is, like, they did that. That is a direct response 
to how badly I can't even remember his name. The guy after Darabond, no, how badly know. he messed this show up because he ended up killing off Lori in a really crappy way. He ended up killing off Andrea in a really crappy way. And Andrea, at least, was supposed to be an extremely important character. And then, like I said, they put, they sent Carol off a, in a hallway. Remember, she went down that hallway and was gone for like five episodes? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they just had her show back up and they were like, well, what are we supposed to do with her? <laughs> yeah it's it's oh. it's really gratifying actually to see them finally realize what to do with some of these characters at the same time though i feel like we talked about this last week <clears throat> rick's big fear is that he's going to get somebody killed by anything he does right now right he's afraid of getting the people he cares about hurt so he is doesn't know what to do because there's he, he can't see an answer that's going to not going to result in people right. that he cares about getting killed. And you know he's afraid of people. And and now we've got all of these women being put in these positions where they don't care anymore. Right. And they are no. They don't care about who gets. <laughs> they want. They want to fight now. And and that or makes it, it, it makes sense and it works. I think they're actually letting. Andrew Lincoln down a little bit with the writing right now because mm-hmm. I think we can see and, but you and I have been watching this show from the beginning and we've read the comics so we know what Rick is thinking here mm-hmm. and Andrew Lincoln's a fine actor but it feels like they're not giving him that moment where he's the he needs to have that scene where he's looking at people and going what am I supposed to do Everything I do is going to get people killed. How do I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying did to you keep you hear, alive. Did you hear not the, uh, the uh, uh, Morse code theory? Yeah. I like that because because there's a moment, it's a flash of a moment. There are two moments in the last episode. Uh, one is at some point, I think they're in the, the, they're in one of the houses or one of the rooms or something and there is a chart. Mm-hmm. It says learn more. So this is the it. episode where Negan Comes brought Alexandria. Brought, yeah, and he brought Daryl with him. Yeah. So there's this chart on the wall that says learn Morse code. Mm-hmm. And then later, Negan asks Daryl if he wants to stay in Alexandria. And so they look over at Daryl and he doesn't say anything, but he sure is blinking a lot. Right. And so, in a way, so if you're not catching, you don't catch it, because I didn't, you didn't. Nope. Uh, you're just like, oh, okay, Daryl's not feeling it, Rick's not feeling it, we're not feeling it. Uh, but then somebody pointed it out, and it makes me go, they've all been learning Morse code. Well, not only that, but <laughs> but if anything, um, I have no idea what police training is, but mm-hmm. you can see somehow police training involving Morse code, because mm-hmm. it's used, it's still used in, in transmitting information. So it's a interesting. Did you see the theory that uh, Carl's going to die this season? Yes, because yeah. his contract is up, seven-year contract. Mm-hmm. He's going to college in the fall, mm-hmm. uh, and um, his dad tweeted out that he's free now. Freedom was the hashtag. Now we've read the comic. Mm-hmm. We know that Negan and Carl end up with this sort of weird, dark mentor, noble adversary, Negan father figure, blah, blah, blah thing. So yeah. Carl, so there's this there's this dynamic here that plays out. Um, and that Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus just got new contracts. Mm-hmm. So it's new contract time. So um, there's nothing that says that he can't renew his contract or have a different contract and mm-hmm. allows him to go to school and blah, blah, blah. Well, they've allowed him to go to school this whole time. Right, but the college is within a couple hours of shooting. So it's not like he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... I don't think we're going to see Carl die. No, no. I still contend that this is not ultimately a show about Rick. This is a show about Carl. I think that, well, it should be ultimately a show about the next generation and the yeah. world that Rick and and Mick, Rick and Michonne and Daryl mm-hmm. are, are helping create for the next generation. Yes. Because ultimately, if it's not a show about hope and the next generation, then what are we doing here with this show? Yeah. <laughs> or what are we doing here with this story, ultimately? I mean, I don't... I Although, I don't know hmm. if I... 
I don't know if we were recording the podcast when I had this idea. Like, I think that we could go super bleak with the end of the. Oh, I think end. we could too, and and I think I, I don't I don't rule that out. Yeah. I just it, it's this comes back to that thing that you and I talk about two or three times every season, which is if not more, which is why can there not be hope ever ever in the show and. You know, every now and again they give us some. So, yeah, like tonight, I think they like gave tonight. us some hope tonight. Even though it ended with somebody finding out that their girlfriend had died, but, but now the Amazons are coming. They're... <laughs> the their girlfriend, mm-hmm. their best friend, because let's not forget that Glenn and yeah. Tara spent they they were the ones who found each other at the prison and traveled together the longest before they found Abe and right. Rosita. Mm-hmm. Um, her. The other part of that friendship, Maggie, has dis- has disappeared. Nobody knows if she's alive or dead because she's over at Hilltop. Right. Um, she also traveled with Abe for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so all these people, like Daryl... She's, she's is... had a significant chunk of her world just disappear. Mm-hmm. Heath, ain't nobody know where Heath is. Ain't nobody know. I would love a Heath episode <laughs> where he's driving around with no glasses like Mr. Magoo and he finds a construction site and he like walks onto the re- onto the beam that's being lifted up to the 57th floor and he's like, oh, it sure is windy today. And then he like takes a step off of it, but then he lands in the cement mixer, but it's not on, thank goodness. And then it just like rolls him out and he like falls down a, a thing and he's like, oh my goodness. Because <clears throat> he lost his glasses this yes. episode. <laughs> And I know that if you have glasses, when you lose them, you become instantly of blind. Of course. Uh, that happens to me all the time. So anyway, on that note, if you have enjoyed this or disagree with us or think we're awesome or any of the fun things that you could think about us, please let us know. You can find us on iTunes and podcast.com and you can leave us comments and rate us there. That would be greatly appreciated. We will see you guys next week for the next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. We'll see you next week. Yeah, okay. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 